When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Take something iconic, like the all-electric 2024 Fiat 500e. Add something electrica. Bring the swagger. And an Italian icon is remixed and ready to drop with its available premium JBL audio system. Tap the banner to learn more. Fiat is a registered trademark of FCA Group Marketing SPA, used under license by FCA US LLC. CeraVe Facial Moisturizers with SPF protect skin against damaging UV rays and continuously deliver three essential ceramides to help restore skin's protective barrier so it can lock in moisture. Non-greasy, fragrance-free, and won't clog pores? With CeraVe, skin feels hydrated and looks healthy all day. CeraVe Facial Moisturizers with SPF from the number one dermatologist recommended facial moisturizer brand. Welcome to the Olive Podcast. I'm Janine, Olive's Deputy Editor and Podcast Host, and each episode I'll be catching up with chefs, cookery writers, and characters from the food scene in Britain and beyond. Join us each week to expand your food knowledge as our guests share 10 things we need to know about the specialist subject. And do listen out for our effortless bonus episodes where they also reveal their top cooking cheats, hacks, and shortcuts. I'm delighted to welcome Danae Moore to the podcast. Danae is a British Jamaican musician turned chef and food writer. Her pop-up D's Table showcases her unique cooking style, which aims to put a modern plant-based twist on authentic Jamaican flavours. She's also the author of a new book, Plentiful, Vegan Jamaican Recipes to Repeat, which we're going to be chatting all about today. Welcome, Danae. Hey, oh my God, that felt, that made everything seem so real. Like it it is. <laughs> and you are. And I guess I'm, I am uh, an yeah. author. And we've yeah. got your book in front of us and it's beautiful. <laughs> so thanks for coming along to chat about it. Um, so anyone who Googles you like I did will come across lots of stuff about your music career because obviously you said you've been doing that since you were a, a teenager, basically. Um, how did you come to write a book about vegan Jamaican food? Tell us about that journey. Well, for me, I... I was obsessed with food. Like, mm. I watched, like, Saturday Kitchen, and I would... It sounds insane now, because, like, I don't think any kid would do this. But <laughs> I would literally, as the chef was making the food, I'd write down, like, each step in, in a notebook, and anything that I liked, I'd try and make it. And I used to watch, like, Ready, Steady, Cook with my, with my nana. Yeah. And she lived in Sheffield, and she'd call me after school, and I'd come home and, like, watch it with her. And so I was always really into food and I knew I wanted to do something but I mm. guess I didn't have the right avenue to it because I feel like I don't know should I have gone to cookery school like there are these question marks around the things that make you feel like you what you should do to be qualified to like be a yeah. chef um but it was only until 2017 that I like I just came back from Jamaica and I just decided that I, would, <laughs> I just decided that I was going to host this pop up. Yeah. 
and I did like a five course meal, which is like very me. Um, but I used to do that quite regularly. I'd invite people over and just make like five different things and I wouldn't yeah. tell anyone what I'm, what I'm making. And I wouldn't even know what I'd be making on the night. Um, but I just love that connection with food. And mm. I think especially Jamaican food in general, there's this like, I don't know, there's so many stories. There's so much more than what I think it's out in the public, like of public knowledge. Yeah. And with this book, I kind of wanted to really highlight how exciting those flavors are, yeah. um, especially using vegetables as the kind of like vehicle for the flavor. Um, did you always start, had you always been vegan? And that's, so when you did the pop-up, was it always a vegan pop-up? Yeah, so it always been vegan. I hadn't always been yeah. vegan, sorry. The pop-up had always been vegan. Yeah. But I think, I was thinking about this recently because someone asked me, I think I've been vegan for like seven years, I okay. want to say. Um, so I, I would it would have been like two years into like being vegan, I think, yeah. if I'm correct. Um, and that was also part of the journey because then I had to like, you know, really think, how am I going to make these things that yeah. I loved growing up? And actually, I realized it was actually kind of quite easy because naturally a lot of the spices and flavors that you use anyways are vegan. Yeah. Um, so it was just about using techniques and utilizing like different um, mm. methods to create, to build flavor in the same ways that you would have done with meat and dairy. Yeah. And it, I, I get that reading the book because the recipes seem like really unique and personal to you and you're bringing in, I think you said, you know, you ate a lot when you were touring, like as a musician mm. and that was, your eyes were open into all these different, so it's, so it's not just Jamaican in there, there's some kind of really cool mashups as well, bringing in different flavours from different cuisines. Mm. I also just think that's like the modern way yeah. to, to eat. I think, um, you know, I was born in Jamaica, I moved here when I was nine and so you know, I am Jamaican, but I'm so influenced by all the different food that I yeah. eat. Um, so I think, you know, most people's like pantries now are like, you know, they've got a bit of miso. They've yeah. got some brown sauce. They've got like yeah. a kind of baked beet. Like there's just everything yeah. in there. And I think that reflects in like the food that's about like even the restaurant scene. So exciting, like so many amazing new chefs um, just doing like incredible things mm. um so I think it's really exciting time for both cook cookbooks and also like just restaurant culture yeah definitely okay so now we're going to take a deep dive into your 10 things um let's start with the mommy because I know that's something that you're well, we're all a big fan of um it's something that's often associated with meat so how do we unlock the savory flavors with plant-based food I think this is like a big thing that people feel like they're going to miss, right? That depth of flavor, the yeah. salty, savory, like that, you know, body mm. of like a dish. And I think naturally there's so many different sources of that. And for me, I love like even just something quite simple and um, inexpensive like soy sauce. Soy sauce is delicious. Like it can amp up so many different dishes. Or like something like Marmite, I think is like a good cheat code to add to like your bolognese or mm. something like that. Adds like a real meaty kind of flavor. Um, but then you have like ingredients such as like um, kombu, which is like a um, type of seaweed yeah. that's really good for broths. So in my book, I have this like ramen recipe um, and it really leans into like using kombu and the dried mushrooms. Um, but I think just stuff like that, like those are things that are just naturally, mm. they just naturally exist and about utilizing them in the right ways for like 
right kind of dish. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think in one of the recipes you had a, a, a marmy paste where you'd sort of mixed up a few of those different flavours as well to kind of add as a little, a little flavour bomb to the dish. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think it's just about balance. I think that's umami. You want that really satisfying, mm. like, kind of flavour mm. of like it's hitting every single note. Yeah, and then richness. Um, you're a big fan of coconut milk, aren't you? How do how do you use it? Mm. Coconut milk is so versatile. Like, I love it. Like, recently, I actually wrote this recipe that I posted online <laughs> because I'm obsessed with like beans. <laughs> I don't yeah. know what it is, like butter beans. I'm just obsessed yeah. cannelloni beans. Um, obsessed with them all um, and I've been doing this like kind of quick braises um, and at the end instead of like normally a lot of those quick braises with beans use like cream or something but yeah. coconut milk adds such a wonderful flavour but richness mm. just naturally and it's so like wonderfully fatty and just um, like, it just makes everything taste so delicious um, so I love using coconut milk in curries in like broths um, in desserts, delicious in like a dessert yeah. to add that same richness. Um, but yeah, it's such a versatile ingredient. Yeah. So in the book, you say that the use of spices in Jamaica is, is quite unique because of all the melting pot of different cultures. Um, and you, you used a lot of spices. You like whole spices, is that right? Yeah. I would advise you to like use whole spices when mm. you can because... Um, and even to grind, if you can, like grind it yourself, whether, yeah. it was, whether it's with like a pestle and mortar or like if you have a, like a spice grinder, because it's just like so much more flavor because obviously spices that you buy, almost like, I feel like people buy lots of spices and then they sit in their shelves, yeah. you know, for, for ages and it just loses that potency mm. and it's just better to get the whole spices and grind them yourself and you'll notice such a massive difference, especially with like coriander. Yeah. Coriander seeds are like amazing, like so much more delicious, like cardamom as well. Cardamom. Yeah, lovely. And allspice, which is like very um, popular and common in like Jamaican mm -hmm. cooking and the flavours. I feel like allspice is one of the most used spices. Um, it's very important in the kind of jerk itself, like um, allspice or like pimento. Um, so yeah, I feel like that potency is so much more stronger yeah. when you use like whole spices. You can use all spice whole as well, can't you? And then kind of just scoop it out, or do you yeah. just? I wouldn't. I don't know. Can you? Can you eat it whole? Would it's you? not the best experience. I was going to say I was, I'm thinking about my teeth. <laughs> but I spent a lot of my childhood actually Picking it accidentally out. eating it and just like yeah. But all spice is such a unique flavor, isn't it? It just oh, isn't quite like anything else. I it's love just it. Delicious. So yeah. like smoky. It has this yeah. wonderful like grounding flavor. Yeah, fantastic. Another building block of flavour is alliums. Um, mm. Let's talk about those and how you use them to layer flavours in dishes. I'm obsessed with alliums. Yeah. Like, as um, <laughs> most, I feel like, you know, when people talk about that, um, that starter pack of like building, like the smell of like, yeah. when you walk into a kitchen, normally it's onions being fried and you're mm. like, what smells that good? Like, and it's normally onions and garlic. Um, and there's so many different types. Like right now I'm obsessed with leeks. Yeah, I, love leeks. Um, I guess it's like in season, but um, I love like comfy and leeks. Mm. I love like frying them and adding them to beans because I'm obsessed with beans. Yeah, because their texture as well as flavour, aren't they? They go down to that lovely kind of soft, almost Delicious. kind of fondue -y. The best. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love shallots. Yeah. Like, 
delicious, amazing. Um, but when I talk about building the layers, I'm obsessed with spring onions and there's actually yeah. a lot of spring onions in the book because I just <laughs> I noticed that. always have it on. I always have it on Did hand. Did you say that was like, what? that's the trinity, isn't it? Is it spring onions, scotch bonnets and what was the other thing? Garlic? Um, um, on thyme. thyme. Thyme, that's it. Spring yeah, onions, scotch bonnets, I feel bonnets, like that thyme. is, that is yeah. my like childhood. Yeah. Like my mum always, will always have those things on yeah. hand. And I just think that's amazing as well because it's amazing raw, mm. like to finish a dish, to add like a little bit of like that extra note. Because if you build something, if you started a dish with onions or shallots or, you know, um, it's nice to finish with that allium flavour as well. As well. Yeah. yeah, cool. Love that. Also, know that mm-hmm. you're a fan of frozen things, oh. stashing stuff away in the freezer for quick fixes and inventive meals. And um, I think you've got a recipe for, as paratha, like one of your main. Paratha's oh, yeah. obsessed. Delicious. <laughs> Genuinely, I don't know what happened over the past. It was the pandemic mm. when basically in Margate, there are all these amazing like food stores on, yeah. the, on the high street. And there's this amazing store called the International Store, which I actually <laughs> photographed and thanked in my book oh, because nice. I was there every single day of recipe <laughs> testing. And they have about like five different types of paratas. And I just got obsessed because it was at the time when there was no flour. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. But they always had flour. So yeah. I always ended up there buying flour, but then also paratas. And they're just like the best kind of flatbread ever. Mm. So flaky and... Weirdly, you know, a lot of times with bread, it's like fresh, right? You want it to be fresh Mm. or baked or fried in front of you. But frozen, it's actually really good because A, it will last in your freezer forever. But then when you fry it, it takes literally minutes. Yeah. And most of them are vegan for some reason, um, for an amazing reason. Um, (laughs) And yeah, they're just, I feel like it's a massive cheat code because sometimes you come in, you know, like what what I would do recently is like make like a bowl of, coconutty beans or something or um if you have like a leftover stew or like soup it goes it just goes with everything and you just fry paratha a couple minutes and you have it on the sides I feel like it's a cheat code to stock up on some like vegan friendly staples yeah I think we need permission to get those freezer things in because I'm a big fan I know you said you mentioned dumplings as well yeah and I'm a huge fan of like I I would make them but if I can buy them, even better. <laughs> yeah, I mean, weirdly, they're actually kind of easy to make because yeah. you can buy that. You can also buy the dumpling wrappers. Yeah, that's from true. like your local yeah, Asian yeah, yeah. store, but they're also just like amazing. They're just always in my freezer. Yeah, just for like emergency snack, emergency like midnight <laughs> meal. I don't know. I just eat lots of these things, yeah. and I think a lot of them are accidentally vegan, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah, because you, I mean, I know it's a different kind of dumpling, but I was reading about um, Spinner's dumplings mm-hmm. in the book and they're, they're like super simple. So they're yeah. just, is it just self-raising flour and water? Just like plain flour just plain and water. Flour. Okay. Yeah. But what's nice in like a Jamaican, in a soup, in like a Jamaican soup, oh, okay. they have like all these like ground provisions. So like yams, potato, um, sweet potato, like in the, the soup. So... Like a lot of soups. I remember moving here. Yeah. Like I grew up just having soup with like lots of things inside of it. So you have your spinners, like all the different like ingredient, like vegetables. Um, 
And that's like my favorite part of it because mm. it's so satiating. It's like so delicious and you get all the little things inside of it. So what, what sort of texture do you mix them to? Like, are they quite wet when you put them in the soup? Are they sort of... No, they'd be quite, they'd be quite firm. Yeah. But um, you cook them and they absorb all the like oh, kind see. of broth that it's yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the actual dough itself doesn't have like many ingredients because yeah, like, it'll just absorb really all the lovely easy things. Easy to do. Yeah. I love that idea. Fantastic. Um, also, we were going to talk about, I love this word, fond, which yes. is that magic caramelized bit that you get in the pan or in yeah. the roasting pan, isn't it, when you're caramelizing? I mean, often meat, but but veg as well. Tell us yeah. about that. <laughs> I think it's like, it's like that horror, you know, school dinner kind yep. of Brussels sprout, you know, that's <laughs> like steamed to death. Yeah. And I feel like people don't realize how delicious vegetables can be when you caramelize them, when you get mm. some good color in them. Sprouts are amazing. Like when you fry them or like, you know, roast them and, you know, add some like agave or like, you know, it, they can be so exciting. Yeah. And I think sometimes that flavor that you're talking about that you build with meat, it's like the same with vegetables mm. or like mushrooms and you like roast them off and get them nice and like caramelized. Um, I think leaving them in the pan, giving them time, like most veggies, um, to build that fond and get that flavour, mm. um, it it takes it to like another level. Yeah, and ve- a lot of vegetables have got like the natural sugars, yeah, which is what's coming out and making that like crusty bit and creating flavour. Mm. Um, you also mentioned in the book about brown stew because I've I've made brown stew cooking before, which mm. is quite a it's quite a sort of, well, it feels like it's got a bit of peril in it in that you have to brown chicken in this kind of caramelized mm. um, brown sugar, mm. which is quite, I always feel like it's going to catch and burn. But um, you can do that with veg as well. And you said you've got a, a really good method for doing it. Yeah, I think it's like um, with brown sugar, even if it's like a little bit, like if it, even it catches a little yeah. bit, it adds depth. Yeah, yeah, It's cool. there, it's adding depth. Yeah. It's, um, it's not going to be like overtly sweet no. when you caramelize it um so i think it's just such a nice like way to like build again it's building flavor yeah like it's an ingredient that's normally quite sweet and when you do that you add you basically caramelize and you create in like a kind of caramel yeah. so you're mixing you're literally putting a, a little bit of oil in a pan and then adding the sugar and then just stirring until it's yeah it's gone caramelized yeah and then adding your veg to that yeah such a great trick to just get that extra level and the sort of coloring as well because often with you know veg based stews if you don't get the color on there at the beginning it can be a little bit washy wishy-washy yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) lots of nodding going on here (laughs) now on something a bit fresher and you were going to talk about what herbs and acid bring to the party yeah I'm a big fan of herbs yeah like I love like I know you know, everyone has their favorite, I think. I know some people mm. don't really like coriander. Um, I've been really big into dill at the moment, mm. actually. Dill's really delicious. Love dill. But um, I feel like parsley is like the, it goes with most things. Yeah. And I think sometimes it's that extra step in a salad or, you know, even like to toss, like if you've made a really nice, like bit of rice or something, mm. like, you know, like a bit of the parsley or like, chi- I love chives. Yeah. I don't know if it's like nest. Is it really a herb? I'm trying to... Chives is a herb, right? <laughs> yeah, chives um, is a herb. Yeah, yeah. So 
I think it's like that extra step that will take a dish that you, you know, probably already love mm. to like another level because it's adding freshness. Yeah, it's got real freshness and it kind of... Um, it can stand up to like cooked things as well. Yeah. So it won't completely wilt and die, like say basil will or something. Yeah. It's just quite a nice hardy but fresh herb too. And what about citrus? I I think acid is like really mm. important in, in food. Um, and I love like obviously citrus for like different types of cuisine. Yeah. Um, but in the book, I actually have a lot of recipes where you kind of, I like to caramelize limes and make like a really nice dressing so you kind of almost burn like on oh, the hob yeah. just like you do like a um red pepper mm. um the lime over it and it creates this like extra layer of flavor and almost like smokiness yeah I love but that. um that acid is like that hit is like really important it's like when you you know put a little bit of lime on a taco or like um a bit of lemon juice um over a curry or a stew or some soup like it's like takes it up a notch yeah it takes it somewhere different doesn't it i love that um let's talk about another favorite ingredient of yours tofu that's in the book yes, a lot it's silken <laughs> so yeah silken tofu and you've got it you've got callaloom plantain pie baked mando cheesecake um and a lovely like whipped tofu which goes on top of toast i mean you're using it in loads of different ways in there tofu is delicious um in especially in baking mm. um because it's like basically when when i went to japan um i noticed like there were a lot of um stands that sold like donuts or ice cream yeah. made with silken tofu and that's when i started to explore it because um I was working on this recipe using silken tofu to make like a vegan ice cream. Mm. And what's really good about it is that when you make ice cream, you want as little water content in, in it as possible. Yeah. So the silken tofu in itself, obviously once you like remove it from the package itself, it's kind of like very high in protein and it has that like natural fat mm. in it. And for ice cream, it's like perfect. And for desserts, it's kind of like really great for replacing eggs. Yeah. So I use it a lot in the cakes and stuff like that because it kind of provides that same kind of profile, I think, to like an egg would in yeah. a cake. No, I mean, yeah. it, there's such great inventive recipes with it as well. It sort of, it really made me sort of stop and think, oh God, I've, I've thought about it in that, but not in like a, as many desserts. Um, I, I mean, are you a fan of like the Savvy Tried smoked tofu? and the, Love it. Yeah, yeah, that's quite a different, because the texture just changes completely mm. then, doesn't it? You actually get a bit of bite to it, which is nice. I love, I genuinely <laughs> love tofu. I know that sounds like so vegan of me, but <laughs> I actually genuinely love it. Great. Um Something I found really interesting because brown brown butter is super trendy at the minute, um, mm. especially in baking and in savoury recipes like pasta or gnocchi. Um, but I never considered browning um, block butter, which is vegan butter. Mm. And you do that a lot, don't you? Yeah. Again, it's like creating an extra step of flavour, yeah. another level of, of flavour. And it kind of like adds that, I don't know, I, th I think especially in save, in sweet things like mm. I love it in like a sweet dish um like dessert um it kind of balances it out because even though it is rich it's kind of um balancing out the sweetness with the richness of yeah. the butter um so yeah I think block butter has come a long way for it's vegans really come a long way because it? when I first went vegan there wasn't vegan block butter <laughs> but now they're actually really good yeah like they're really 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 good and you can brown them in the same way yeah um 
And I just think that extra step, like for banana bread, like it'd be brown, the butter, so good. Yeah. Really, really good. I think that's like a game changer. I literally haven't heard of that before. It's so cool. Lastly, we were going to talk, you you mentioned it briefly about the importance of salt and Mm. layering it. Tell us about that. I think like just being aware of the different stages that you're adding salt. So like, obviously, you know, if you're making a curry or like a stew or like you're starting a dish of like onions, like you kind of season in each step of the way. But then also it's like just being aware of, um, you know, you have different types of salt stuff yeah. to finish things with. So, you know, a bit of flaky salt on, a, you know, some toast with whatever you're, you're eating. I think stuff like that or in like even like a dessert, like a good cookie with a bit of salt yeah. at the end, like flaky salt, delicious. Um, but then also there's different sources of salt naturally, like miso, soy sauce, things that I use quite regularly. And I think it's quite amazing for vegan cooking because you add in that like extra saltiness that might have been there in you know a form of a meaty thing yeah. um i think especially miso because it's not as like insanely salty yeah, yeah, yeah. um <laughs> but it's quite just, subtle yeah it's a bit more subtle and it has a balance of like almost like a sweetness as well mm. um so i think yeah adding salt in different stages but then you also have ingredients like stock as well like veggie stock um that tends to like stock cubes or like, or like, I like powder using and stuff pa- yeah, yeah yeah they're great yeah brilliant tips there um I was gonna say what I love about the book as well is um the chapter titles because <laughs> I was reading <laughs> it yesterday and you've got chapters called um food that I dream about before going to bed which is when you're dreaming of your breakfast yeah <laughs> so exactly <laughs> or like desserts as a lifestyle because you said you've never knownly turned down a dessert <laughs> never I've it's never happened yeah I will always eat dessert if it's on the table it's food so when when you were planning the book were you thinking like that it really does feel like an extension of your personality rather than you thinking oh I'm just going to write a vegan cookbook it's almost like it's really come from your heart yeah I think that was really important to me yeah. to come across in the book um especially because I do think most people like you know we, we food is such a central part of how we we eat mm. and especially like I have a chapter about cooking for myself and how that was quite like therapeutic in lockdown and to actually really do make an one. effort yeah, to make an effort do something yeah, really yeah. nice yeah. just for me yeah um but I think it would be a massive discredit if I didn't write this book to like represent how I actually eat food because I think that I'm hoping that's what people really connect with when you know they try one of my recipes yeah I do I think it comes across that like this is what you're kind of eating every day or you know or you're making for your friends or you're making for your supper club whatever um what have you got coming up this year then have you got as a supper club coming back or yeah I mean I'm hoping to cook for people again (laughs) it's really weird um but I have a massive itch for it. And one big thing, actually, b- before I even started these table, I'd regularly just write menus, like very yeah. elaborate, <laughs> very elaborate menus, like yeah. even drinks and like <laughs> um, the names of the dishes and like all this kind of stuff. And I daydream about it. And I've caught myself doing it recently. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like that's definitely a sign that I should be doing something yeah. soon. And where should people um, keep up with what you're doing? Where's the best place? Is it Instagram? Is Instagram it... is definitely the best way okay. um, to keep up with what I'm What's doing. What's your handle on Instagram? So it's D's underscore table. Yeah. yeah. So so <laughs> if, if people follow that, they can find out if if your pop-up's happening soon or when. And and also, I guess, do you post recipes there? or? Yeah, so think? I kind of tend to post things that 
I'm like really obsessed with and in real time what I'm like eating. Yeah. Cool. And I think the book is out, is it beginning of April or end of April March? the 13th. Oh, April the 13th. Which is really crazy. But I think pre-orders will be open soon, if not now. Um, and it's called Plentiful Vegan Jamaican Recipes to Repeat. Um, thank you so much for coming to chat to us again. It's been no, brilliant. thanks for having me. I feel like, again, everything is so surreal. Like, yeah. I can't believe it. But, <laughs> but it's here. Yeah, it's here. <laughs> <laughs> thanks again. Thank you for listening to the Olive Podcast. For recipes and more information, head to olivemagazine.com. Do remember to listen out for our effortless bonus episodes where our guests reveal their best cooking cheats, hacks and shortcuts. And don't forget to subscribe at iTunes, Acast, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>